0: Good morning church. How are we doing this morning? Good. Y'all look beautiful this morning. Did you know that? Yeah, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Good to sing praises to the Lord in the house of the Lord with you, this community of faith. I'm so glad you are here. If you are visiting with us, whether in person or online, I just want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you have chosen to spend this hour of worship with us at Revolution Church Uh, and just welcome. There's a connect card online and the seat back in front of you, and hopefully we can connect after the service. I'm so glad you're here. All right, I'm going to go ahead. Let's dismiss our kids now for Revolution Kids. We've got Kaylee and Erica. They're caffeinated. They're ready to go. They're here. (laughs) You guys have a great time. We're so glad you guys are here. All right, well, you know that uh, throughout this Advent series, we have been talking all about Joy how to cultivate joy, how to be rooted in joy now. I told you last week I had a friend who has a church plant in Texas that said if we want to be about God's work in the world, if we want to be about God's justice and love and mercy, then we first have to be rooted in God's joy. And so that's what we've been talking about these several weeks leading up to Christmas, cultivating joy even now. Even as the world, and and we sometimes experience sorrow or uncertainty or challenge or stress, we can cultivate joy now uh, because because of Jesus Christ, because of this this gift of Christmas. Um, So I'm curious, as we get started this morning, what is bringing you joy right now? Think about it for a minute, And I was going to share with you uh, something that's really been bringing me joy this week. I shared with you last week my favorite Christmas song, secular Christmas song. There's a different category. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. (laughs) Y'all, that song brings me so so much joy. And I would be lying if I said I had less than four ornaments that sing that song. You can push a button. And my favorite is a little Santa on a chimney, on, like, trying to stuff a hippo down a chimney, right? And you push a button, and it sings that song. My 18-month-old has learned how to get up on his tiptoes, reach that, push that button, and then dance to this song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. It brings me so much joy. I don't even care that he's about to knock over the whole tree. <laughs> As he reaches up, and it toddles back and forth. It brings me joy. What about you? (laughs) Shout it out. What's bringing you joy right now? My parents, my my friends, friends visiting. Great grandbabies. Yes. What else? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Oh. Oh, with your dog? I love that. An advent calendar with your dog that's great, and liturgically appropriate for your dog. Our newest member is here. That's bringing me joy this morning. Yeah, it's good to see the Schwartz family. End of the semester. Praise God. Yes, yes. So many things that are bringing us joy right now, and that's something to celebrate. So throughout this series, we've talked about how we can find joy in the unexpected, how we can find joy in relationships, in relationships with one another. And this morning, I want to talk about finding joy and glorifying God. And our scripture passage this morning picks right back up. We've been looking at Luke chapter 1. We're still in Luke chapter 1, three weeks in. And so it picks right back up in this story. uh, You know of the angel appearing to Mary, saying you're going to have a baby. Mary runs for the hills. She retreats to Elizabeth Because she's told that Elizabeth is also expecting. And if there's anyone on the face of the planet that might understand what Mary is going through, it's Elizabeth, who is also miraculously pregnant. And amazingly enough, uh, Elizabeth recognizes Mary and she says as she sees Mary, the child within her, leapt with joy, leaped with joy. I guess is the, the scriptural way, leaped with joy. And she pronounces this blessing over Mary. Elizabeth pronounces this blessing over Mary. It says, filled with the Holy Spirit, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's actually verse 41, because in verse 45, she kind of says another blessing. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. She says that to Mary, blessed are you who believed what was spoken to you From the Lord. And so we pick up right there, okay? Right there in verse 46 with Mary's response to what Elizabeth has said to her, okay? Verse 46 And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and we respond, thanks be to God. You know, there's sort of a tradition or or practice across our annual conference that if you attend I mean, any sort of conference gathering, any committee meeting, any group of clergy, if you're there long enough, someone is going to ask you to share a glory sighting. You guys heard of this before? To share a glory sighting. It's kind of something we've done so much, (laughs) chuckles in the room, that some of us are like, okay, here we go, there's going to be a time to share (laughs) glory sightings. And what we mean by that is it's a really good practice because it's a way of asking where have you experienced God recently? Where have you seen God at work in your life, in the world, in the last week or the last month? And it's one of those questions that until you're really given a... a <laughs> I, I'm chuckling because it's like until you're given a forced time or you're expecting it, it's going to happen. Until you're really given that moment to kind of pause and reflect, sometimes we might, we might not realize where God has been at work until we kind of pause And look back and think back over the course of the last couple of days. One of those holy moments, you might call it, where you've seen the glory or the goodness of God. A God moment, a spiritual high, a glory sighting. That's just our kind of way of describing a glory sighting. I love the way that it's described uh, in Celtic tradition, Celtic Christian tradition. They call these moments thin spaces, it's this idea of where the veil that separates heaven and earth sort of thins. And it's as if you can kind of touch heaven, or maybe even taste it. This idea of a thin veil that you can kind of see through to the other side of the kingdom of God that's already here, but not yet fully realized. And you can sort of see the justice and the mercy and the goodness and the love Of that kingdom, a thin space. I love that image. Over the past few weeks, I think we have observed Mary having her own glory sighting. There's not much that's been thin about it. I mean, there's an angel of the Lord that plops down right in front of her and stands before her and says, hark, (laughs) hello, you're going to have a child. And he's going to be called the son of the most high. Glory. Glory. And Mary says, oh, okay, let it be according to me. You know, let it be according to your will. Here I am. But what's interesting to me is that joy shows up for Elizabeth in this gospel. They're having joy upstairs. <laughs> I don't know what. They got hammers or something. <laughs> yeah. Take <laughs> that. Joy shows up for Elizabeth when she found out she was expecting, right? And she, she's overwhelmed in that unexpected moment. She has joy. Joy showed up for Elizabeth again when the mother of her Lord visits her, and that child leapt with joy, leaped with joy. I don't know the right grammar there. Isn't leapt past tense? Okay, word doesn't recognize that. And Scripture says leaped. We're going to go with leapt. The crowd has spoken. The baby leapt with joy in her womb, okay? So we see joy, we've seen it each week, but for Mary, the joy doesn't really show up for her until this moment, until this passage, until this response that she has, starting in verse 46. It's that moment when Mary has a a chance to pause and look back on what God has done for her on how God has shown up, and she responds, glory. <laughs> These 10 verses that we read are known as Mary's song. I'm sure you've heard them before, verses 46 through 56. It's, it's her song of response and her song of praise. You might also know that it's, it's been referred to as the magnificat, which simply comes from the Latin word meaning to magnify. What does that mean other than to extol, to glorify, to praise, to worship, to adore? Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary realizes what God has done for her in this moment, and really for the whole world, and she's overjoyed with this truth that all she can do is respond in song almost, In praise of God. One scholar that I read this week says this, God's redemptive work brings joy to expression in our human experience. And that joy is most fully expressed in the praise of God. In response to God's mighty acts of salvation in Jesus Christ. That joy is most fully expressed in the praise of God. God. So I think Mary, this week, this morning, shows us how we can find joy as well in glorifying God. How we can find joy in the mighty acts of salvation in Jesus Christ through really that power of praise and thanksgiving. And I think she shows us this, how we can find that joy even now. And what I hope you've already experienced a little bit this morning as we have worshiped together. Mary shows us how we can find this joy by doing two things. The first pretty obvious, is that she looks back. She first pauses and looks back at what God has done for her. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And he has called her blessed, O favored one. Remember, this is Mary Poor, unmarried, there's risk of public scrutiny here and shame. You can only imagine what other people thought. And also, she's from Nazareth, right? A nobody town, if anything, a very violent town with a rough, bloodied history. Blessed, chosen, favored, my soul magnifies the Lord. In this moment, Mary really gets it, okay? She she really believes it because Elizabeth has now confirmed that that Mary is carrying her Lord, Elizabeth's Lord, she says. And seeing Elizabeth also pregnant, she, she, she has that aha moment. She, she gets it. She realizes it. She accepts it. Mary's song of praise is what it looks like to finally accept this truth. God calls and uses unexpected people from unexpected places. Mary's song is what it looks like for any one of us today to accept that truth. God calls unexpected people from unexpected places. It's what it looks like when any one of us accepts our identity as a child of God, also blessed and worthy and called and chosen and loved. Y'all, when you kind of really sit in that and accept that and realize how loved you are, how? all we can respond is, is glory, glory. Mary finds joy because she is first able to look back, okay, at what God has done for her and to accept her reality. Even though she has said, here I am, Lord, okay, you know, there's some fear, there's some trepidation that doesn't necessarily go away, but with Elizabeth's confirmation, she, she accepts this reality. She is blessed, she is favored, she is called, You know, this this sort of exercise of looking back should remind us of Elizabeth's words from that first week, when the joy that she felt, she expressed it by saying, look what God has done for me. Do you all remember? We touched on that week one. Look what God has done for me. He has taken away the scorn, or he's taken away the the approach among the people. No longer is Elizabeth now shamed for being a woman of a certain age, not able to bear children. The only thing that women were really valued for at the time. And Elizabeth's able to say, look what God has done for me to take away this shame, this scorn. Joy comes for us too, friends, in our ability to praise God for God's work in our lives, to pause, to think back, to look about how God has called and and blessed and, and saved us and taken away our shame. Amen? men taking away our shame in the ways that we have been claimed through Christ as beloved children of God that we too are blessed and favored and you too now called to be about God's work the mighty acts of salvation through Jesus Christ Mary first looks back. The second thing that Mary does to experience joy in this moment of response is that she looks ahead. She looks back, and then she looks to the future with faith and confidence. In fact, she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Not just Elizabeth, but in realizing this moment, not just for her and and what God has done for her, but now realizing what God will accomplish through Christ for all of Israel, for the whole world, for the whole creation. From now on, all generations will call her blessed. What God has done for Mary, this is from interpretation commentary, what God has done for Mary anticipates and models what God will do for the poor and the powerless and all the oppressed of the world. That future action that Christ will accomplish. These are two of the verses we read verses 51 through 53. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Mary looks ahead and she praises God in anticipation of that kingdom to come. That kingdom where a world marked by scarcity and competition will be replaced by a world of generosity and where everybody has enough. It's kind of captured right here in these few verses. Those who are hungry now enjoy good things. Those who are rich do not add to their wealth. The powerful no longer exercise their power over You know, sometimes we refer to this as kind of the upside down nature of the kingdom where everything that's sort of valued in our world is just in the kingdom just totally flipped on its head. But I loved one thing I read this week said this is not so much a a social reversal as it is a social leveling. No one's going to have power over anybody else. It's a social leveling where the rich and the powerful are are humbled, are stripped of their arrogance and taught to love their neighbors as themselves. And and God will provide for the poor and honor them and and honor those who've been humiliated and overlooked and over, um, you know, cast out by the world. It's It's this leveling. The arrogant are scattered and the powerful brought down and every person has access to enough. Enough of the world's resources, and no one will have too much. That's an important word for us in the, in the place that we're located, right? Every person will be treated with dignity and respect, and no one, again, will use their power to harm anyone else. This social leveling. You know, you've heard me say before, I like to think about it as the ground is level at the foot of the cross, but Mary kind of uh, announces right now that this work of salvation begins at the Annunciation, at the announcement that she will have a child, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. the work of salvation of God intervening in the world in human history in this way, with the Messiah begins now, with Mary, with this pregnancy. So you could even say, "The ground is level at the foot of the manger." this social leveling that will happen. Mary prophetically recognizes the role that her child, the Messiah, will play for Israel, the one that they've longed for, the one the whole world waits for in darkness. And she praises God, finally. Did you you notice something about these verses? Did you notice that Mary... She actually speaks in the past tense here. I'm talking about her looking forward into the future, and yet her grammar is past tense. I actually find this a little confusing. I sat with this for a little while. There's lots of uh, opinions about this, as you can imagine. Lots of things to read. (laughs) Lots of spilled ink. Over what this could mean. That Mary speaks of sort of these future coming events of the kingdom. As if they've already been fulfilled. As if they've, they've already happened. It's past tense. God's action through Christ. So some, some say that this is just how confident she is. in what God will do such as the confidence of faith, you might say. The assurance of faith that, that comes uh, from these promises in the future, that we are, we are so sure about God's promises that it's, it's, it's as if they've already happened. We can bank on them. And we should live, what would our liturgy say? We should live with a skip in our step because we see the destination and it is joy. Someone told me that that was going to be choreographed this morning, and it was not. So I'm a little disappointed. I was, did you skip? A skip in your step? Bend in. little heel click. I could have just done that, that would have been funny. We see the destination, and it is joy. So we can live now in this assurance, with a skip in our step, with this, with this faith, because we are secure in Christ. And we can be so confident and so sure it's as if it's already happened. That's what some scholars say. Others might say that Mary here just sort of captures this both and nature of the kingdom. What do I mean by that? This idea that the kingdom of God has come and been introduced in the birth of Christ, and yet we sit and we wait for Christ to return and set it all right. It's this overlap of the ages you've heard me talk about before, this, this sort of both and nature of the kingdom that Mary, in fact, embodies here by her presence and by her words. I mean, she's, she's pregnant. Christ exists, and yet he's not yet here in that sense. And with her words, she talks about what God has done, and yet in confidence talks, too, about what God will do. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here, but we it's not fully realized by the powers of the world. And so we, we have this sense, and yet we struggle in this sort of in-between. We know Christ reigns. We say that, we proclaim it, but it's clear that all the powers of the world don't acknowledge that. We know that the kingdom of God is peace and that we have peace in the presence of Christ, and yet wars persist. We struggle in this in-between, knowing that the mercy and the goodness of God is present for us, and yet we still face the reality of, of sickness and of, and of death and of grief. Like, I want to join Mary in her confidence that says it's as if it's already happened, And yet here we are 2,000 years later still sitting in that in-between and waiting and longing for the things that plague us to be no more. And so Mary's song is, is still a song of hope for us. Because these things will come to pass. They have been accomplished in Christ. It's just not fully realized yet. Not everybody sees that yet. And so how can we have joy in these moments, in this in-between? Well, like Mary, I think we can look back at what God has done for us and we can also look forward with that hope that we have, the assurance of faith that we know Christ will accomplish these things. And I think we also have to learn how to see with Kingdom eyes, I like to call it. In this in-between as we wait, y'all, there are thin places where we can see the glory of that kingdom. It's here. But do we have eyes to see it? Do we have space in our lives to perceive it? And when we do, our response is joy and praise. So as I've done every week, Oh, here's a... Okay, I want to add this. I was going to go to the last part, but another reason that Mary embodies this, not only with her presence, but with her words, is she, even Mary, of all that's to come, just in a... I think this is at the naming of Jesus, at his baptism, and the priest Simeon says this to Mary, "'This child is destined, destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel.'" and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's saying these things to Mary. Mary can find joy even in this moment and blessing and hope, even though she will bear the unspeakable grief of watching as her son is rejected, shamed, and crucified. A sword will pierce her own soul too. But despite all of that, Mary praises God and honors him in this moment. Y'all, I think this is how Mary... Here we go. This is how Mary shows us how to cultivate joy and responding to God and praising God now because we can look back and we can look ahead. Even though our earthly future is still unsure, we know the destination, we know the end, and it is all joy and it is all love. And so, as I've ended the last couple of, of weeks, as we continue in this Advent season, Should have deleted you and just ask some of these questions. Where have you seen God at work recently? What can you look back and thank God for? Where can you look back and and what can you look on and and thank God for? And what are you looking forward to in confidence, in faith, and in hope? If you're a part of a house group, these questions are a part of your um, reflection for the week but I invite you to kind of ponder them, pray over them, think about them, take some time to look back, take some time to to pray and to read and to even sing back over Mary's song. And how can it be a song of faith and assurance and hope for you that brings you joy right now? The words of the the hymn and the, the things of earth will grow strangely dim as we sit in your, what is it? Thank you as you sit in the light of his glory and grace. Maybe that time of reflection can be a thin place for you. As all of the things that this world could go strangely dim, as we focus on the light and the love and the glory of Christ who has come. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for who you are and for the gifts that you give us, for this very real gift that you are now present with us, even in this in-between, even in this strange and confusing time, even as we experience so much hardship and grief and pain. God, we know that there is real joy here as well because the kingdom is also here and our God reigns. Would you help us to feel a bit of that, of that security, of that comfort, of that assurance, of that hope of the truth that Christ reigns. And may we too, like Mary, respond, look at what you've done for us. And may we respond with shouts of glory and praise and joy. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.